Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I talked to Matt Thompson of the Amazons and it's great. You're going to uh, enjoy this one. Um, Matt was at home in Brighton uh, and we recorded it the morning after the government have announced all restrictions will be dropped. So uh, I guess that means that, you know, all of the guests that I've spoken to over the last 16 months, whether they be DJs, actors, uh, musicians, producers, will mean that normal service will resume a new odd normal service will resume and yeah i can't wait um yeah so we touch on on that obviously uh and then we discuss some amazing records and before i uh, get that started a few thank yous thanks to screw pip uh and my brothers and sisters at the distraction pieces network go get stuck in over there there's a lot of amazing podcasts on that network and i'm proud to be part of it um thanks to 76 for producing this podcast um thanks to you lot uh, for continuing to like love share message me and and just be really supportive and encouraging um with off the beaten track um just massive thanks you know i i presume that if you've been listening over lockdown you've seen that the output's become considerably higher um and i've got to speak to some absolutely remarkable people that if you would have told me two years ago i'd be having chats with the foo fighters or something that i'd never have believed you so that all comes down to use lot supporting and sharing and and yeah and just being nice people so thank you huge thanks um and i guess i've just mentioned the foods there and if you like uh you know if this is your first time listening i should say then when you get to the end of my my chat with matt go and explore the back catalogue um because, yeah, we talk about lots of bands uh, on here. I think we might have mentioned... Um, uh, did we mention it? We might have been before we started recording. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we talk about Does It Offend You? Yeah, there's a great episode with Bobby that you can go and listen to. Um, and, yeah, we uh, they're about to go out on tour um, with Royal Blood. Hear me talking to Ben from Royal Blood as well. as an episode there. Um, yeah, and all the... All the others, Motley Crue, um, Papa Roach, oh God, who else? Do, uh, uh, whenever I say this, I just have the same ones just pop up in my mind. And there's 300 for me to uh, to, to name check. But um, yeah, you know, indie bands like Idols, Sleaford Mods, 
um, vaccines. Um, I've got an episode coming very soon uh, with the killers. Um, but yeah, and then go listen to my chats with Butch Vig, Ed Gamble, James Acaster, Maxine P. Go and listen to my chat with Maxine. Um, that's one of my favourite ever episodes, as is my chat with um, uh, fellow actor Joe Hartley. That's a, a beautiful conversation. Uh, and fellow This Is England star Thomas Turgoose had a glorious chat with Tomo. Um, go get stuck into them. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast in, in, in another way other than you know your likes and your loves and your shares on on the socials i have a patreon um com forward slash off the beat and track and i put up weekly content over there and if you can support me over there i'd much appreciate it it's 79p a month you know i don't know what that works out a week what's that just shy of 20p a week uh and each week you get content uh, video episodes, radio shows, upfront releases, uh, and also access to a back catalogue of a few hundred shows there that you can just go and get stuck into that have never been released to the general public. Um, right, I think that's all my waffling done. Everything I've just mentioned, um, you can go and find out about in a one-stop shop, which is offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. So go and uh, explore that. Um should we have an episode let's do it please enjoy today's episode with matt thompson of the amazons right i've got to take a quick break in this podcast because i've got some super exciting news off the beat and track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the cacao bar from hotel chocolat that's right the cacao bar is not a chocolate bar it's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, stew with it. We are recording. Um, Matt, how are you doing this morning? Very well. I've had my coffee um, and um, I've shooed away a few seagulls off my roof. I live in like a, an attic in Brighton and I have done for the last 18 months. And uh, me and the seagulls have become quite accustomed to each other. How you found the last, I won't say 18, maybe is it 15 or 16 months now? How have you found it as, uh, as, 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 as somebody that is a human being and somebody that is a creative? Yeah, um, I think like everyone is almost, um, there's al- I think with everyone there's been some highs and lows. And I would say I feel very, very privileged and lucky that my lows haven't been too crazy. Um, I think creatively it was, it's actually been a bit of an opportunity in terms of the Amazons, my band, 
we'd really finished the campaign for the second record, actually. And um, we'd kind of done a last um, tour in the US and we thankfully got to finish all the dates. And then, you know, the plan was really to just go away and spend a little bit more time on our third record and kind of um, cocoon and come back as like a a multicolored butterfly. And we've been given even more time. And so we've kind of, I think um, in adversity, you've got to try and look for the, opportunities and absolutely um, i think we've come out with a, we've we haven't finished the record but we've made a record that wouldn't be possible without the pandemic and it's i think it's the most uh i don't know um it's the most expressive work and most honest and exciting work that we've done so um you know every silver every cloud i guess isn't it absolutely absolutely um and we should stress that we're recording this um the day after uh, the government has announced that as of next week all restrictions will be uh, will be dropped um which for somebody who who runs a a music venue is very very happy to hear yeah. that news um yeah be be fascinated to see how the live music industry comes back into life i think it's uh, it's going to be spectacular to see what what the bands and the crowds give back i think it's going to be a joyous uh, i've seen a couple of bands who were throwing out like some you know bar dates and little kind of club tours and stuff like that i saw um twin atlantic and royal blood recently put out some tour dates i think we're going to try and do something similar just because one we want to play Two, we've had some festivals cancelled, so we need a bit of pocket money. And, <laughs> and um, three, oh, most importantly, we of course want to see the, see the fans and just kind of almost be on the stage and almost like do a bit like of seeing some like crazy people watching because I want to be on the stage, nice and socially distanced from the rest of the boys on the, in my band, and then I want to watch all these people and how they interact with each other. Yeah. After so much time, I just can't wait to see that. And uh, and we want to also kind of help support, um, you know, the venues that we first started out in. Like Absolutely. they're the ones that have struggled the most, not the um, the kind of more, I guess, the bigger venues have also struggled, but they've got a bit more um, structure and support, I guess, than like a Purple Turtle in Reading, for example. Yeah. Track one. The yep. song with the greatest ever intro, please. Um, I think this could have been this could be the hardest question of all because there's so everyone many says that from. Matt. Everyone says that. Yeah. So mad. I think it's it's an interesting exercise to um, separate what you think is the best and what is your favourite. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Because yep. I could I could just throw out like heard it through the grapevine, Marvin Gaye, when the levee breaks, let's up. I was thinking Audio Slave by, um, sorry, it's early. I was thinking Cochise by Audio yeah. Slave, but I've landed on Barbara O'Reilly by The Who. Yeah. Um, it's funny how such a minimal arpeggiated synth can like evoke such expansive imagery in your mind. It's a, for me, this song's a real anything is possible kind of song and, it's all the more poignant now because we've been kind of quarantining and in small spaces for a long time that this is such a transportative song. And even from the intro, it's mm. such like a open road life 
song and and in a weird way i've always had this weird theory about it but i feel in a way that the chord progression the melody the lyrics of the song represent life and then that the arpeggiated synth that runs through it and begins the song represents um death and just as death is the backdrop of life that makes it arguably sweeter the synth is almost doing the same it's the backdrop of this song and it's the thing that makes everything sound sweeter and sound yeah. better and and those are piano chords that give you the goosebumps at the beginning yeah if they didn't have the arpeggiated synth yeah. they didn't have it wouldn't be the same that's, absolutely yeah that's how i think about the song and i think that synth at the beginning is instant goosebumps and i think because it's just it's just excellent yeah. um but you also know what's coming yeah, I think when you know what's coming, it's like right, okay, I'm 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 on for the ride now because this yeah. is this is a joyous ride as well. Um, I, I don't know if you ever watch um, UFC, um, yeah, but it's uh, it's a it's a huge passion of mine. And when you go and watch it, um, bear with me, I'm going somewhere with this. When you go and sure. um, watch it live at the O2, in between the supporting card and the main card, they drop the lights in the O2. And they play Barbara O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. And then just as it's like that arpeggio, there's just all of the fighters, all the classic videos of the fighters in the tunnel ready to make the walk out. And then the minute the, the piano drops in and the drums, they're oh. walking out. They've overdubbed the roar of the crowd. And then the minute you get the guitar like kind of changed, mm. it cuts the iconic knockouts. And it's literally the most exciting thing I've ever seen in the O2 and I've seen lots of my favourite bands in there but it's wow. just hearing Barbara O'Reilly so loud with yeah. such and you said about imagery and that, that imagery is now stuck in my head of, of, mm. of that moment you can watch it on YouTube and it's, okay. it's I'd recommend it even if you're a fan or not it, it just kind of takes it somewhere else and uh, and you're the first person to choose this which I'm really surprised at and you're the first person to mention Heard It Through the Grapevine which mm. I'm really surprised at because I thought both of those when mm. I decided to do this podcast would be in there so good and um, I just think with this song it's it's incredible where it starts and where it ends because they have this kind of outro that's like almost this kind of crazy folk outro yeah and it just represents the whole song represents and i think um especially thinking about townsend had this huge idea before they did the the record had this huge um rock opera idea reminiscent of like tommy and that this was just like one part piece of it that didn't that kind of survived yeah. the wreckage of this of this uh, big concept record that you wanted to make. It just really um, pinpoints and is really indicative of a time in music where they felt like anything was possible. The power of music was anything was possible, and they made music to match that occasion. I guess yeah. it's like kind of post Woodstock thing, like unprecedented times and. And uh, when music was the kind of forefront of culture and the counterculture even. And uh, yeah, I I felt like across that year, 1971, when this came out, Led Zeppelin, Carole King, Johnny Mitchell, Elton John putting out Tiny Dancer, putting out all these seminal records as these people who really believe. And of course, John Lennon Lennon with uh, Imagine, 
these people truly believe in the power of music and and that the there is no ceiling to it and they're they're making music accordingly and i feel like that's a really special time in music absolutely absolutely um i'm going to take you back for track two and i'm going to ask you please to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you please uh yeah this was an interesting one um I remember uh, actually a lot of my um, uh, formative years when I was a child coming back from school, I watched a lot of TMF and the hits. These were music channels in the UK when you didn't have a skybox, which gave you like uh, MTV and things like that. I got my parents kind of only only really pushed it as far as a digibox. So we had like two channels, which I flicked through. And um, the song is... um, where is the love by the black piece? The black eyed. So I actually can't speak this morning. <laughs> I just woke up. Um, where is the love by the black eyed piece? That's the one. Yes. Um, and so, what what was the emotion that you got from hearing that? Um, it's an interesting one. It's not. It's It's it's. I guess it's a kind of sad sadness in a way because it's a fairly upbeat song, but it it was just at a time when. Um, I was really cottoning on that um, about the more dark elements of the human experience in a weird way. It was, I must have said, this 2003, I would have been 10 at the time, just about to start secondary school, uh, high school in the UK. And um, uh, I think with like the Iraq war and it was post 9-11 and... Um, I'd just come back from a, a, a family holiday in Florida where I'd had one, one day we'd had such an amazing time that when I was going to sleep one night, um, um, I like kind of realized that it was going to end at some point. I like find like I was just slapped around the face with like the finality of life. And, uh, I spent all night just crying with my mom <laughs> and, uh, and this song just kind of, it was like, ah, oh, right, uh, maybe the humans aren't good. It's like people killing, people dying, practice what you pe- preach, turn the other cheek. It was like, oh my, I, there was this, I had this weird feeling as a 10-year-old watching this music video with the Black Eyed Peas, seeing Where's the Love. I was like, wow, is like, are we at the end of like, are we at the end of the world? I felt yeah. like we were at the end of the world. And it, I don't know what the emotion is, except from... Ten-year-old uh, existential dread, but that it had a real effect on me. It really, it really did. It just summed up a time in uh, my childhood where I was kind of almost cottoning on. It was, yeah, it's a weird one. And, and where was that childhood? Mm. I grew up in um, Reading, Berkshire, which I've kind of always thought is kind of a little bit of it's kind of everywhere and nowhere at the same time. It looks like any other town suburban town in in the uk but it's also not necessarily a cultural hub good people um very uh yeah i can't fault it because um if anything it's a blank i've actually looked at it creatively more as a blank canvas there's no um there's not that much precedent and we're not you know in terms of like we're not coming from london or Manchester where there was any scene that we had to kind of almost tackle and feel like we fit in or were outside of it with Reading it was just it's almost 
not a lot going on. So it was just the world's your oyster. It's anywhere and everywhere and nowhere at the same time. It was a happy place to grow up. Yeah, definitely. It was a, it was a really good place to grow up. And um, I think um, my parents, I can't, you know, looking, I think as we get older, we kind of become more reflective and more understanding of where we come from. And we even actually probably are more interested in where we come from because it kind of, because we're wondering about where we're going a bit more. But um, I think my parents um, and the, where I came from and stuff, it just gave me space to grow and become and make mistakes, you know, a lot of fashion related mistakes and a lot of not music mistakes because that's never, you know, music taste is never a mistake. But um, they gave me a lot of space to grow and gave me a lot of confidence to do what I wanted to do, which is be a lead singer and a songwriter in a, in a, in a, in a rock and roll band. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, let's stay in the formative years for track three. And I'm going to ask you to tell me the song reminds you of your time at school, please. Um, Rebellion Lies by Arcade Fire. Um, I mean, that's a record, right? Yeah, it's 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 still still fan, it's still amazing. Um, it kind of scary how long ago it came out. Really, mm. um, my first ever Reading and Leeds festival was 2007. I went on the Friday with my mum, <laughs> and uh, I mean that's a cool mum, right? Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. She's uh, up for anything, and um, yeah, she took me. We had an amazing time. Um, and then on the Saturday it was all sold out and I was only going to go on the, on the one day and, uh, and, uh, yeah, we, we just spent the day watching on TV and then I had no idea RK Fire were, but they were on, on TV and it was this kind of, um, noise kind of, uh, soundscape that they were making before they get launched into Rebellion Lights. It's basically like a big old noisy transition where there's like 20 people on, no, there's like 13, 12, 13 people on stage all just playing whatever. And it made this huge cacophonous sound and, and then the bass kind of like pokes through and then, yeah. ah, it's amazing. And I was like, 
uh, I was um, transfixed. I was enchanted. I was, it ticked all the boxes ever. It was so, I mean, you know, I was a teenager at the time and I'd kind of just gone out of like a metal phase and um, which was kind of really, I just loved the energy. But there was this band with, who who had all the energy in the world and it was heart on sleeve and it was anthemic and it was um, kind of reminiscent of the Bruce Springsteen and Bowie records that my parents were playing anyway. So I, I wasn't completely unfamiliar with the sound, but they were my band and my parents didn't know them and I knew them. And, and that was it really. And uh, I want, and my parents actually queued up on the early on the Sunday morning to get me a ticket, a day ticket so I could go on the Sunday. And it was just the best weekend ever. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor. Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this. They have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range. And it's called Small Fried. And it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. Before we talk more about school, um, yeah. tell me about the sort of records that you were being exposed to at home. Um, you touched it, on Springsteen there. Yeah, it was the greatest hits. It was the greatest hits CD that he put out in the 90s. It's him with his back against... Yeah. Just his back and the leather jacket with the Telecaster, and uh, a lot of that. Um, there was a moment when I was very, very young, and I kind of cottoned on that it wasn't actually Springsteen when you put the CD in. I, I had these like strange images of like Springsteen, a really tired and disheveled Springsteen, basically playing the music somewhere in the world. <laughs> I kind of maybe t- couldn't. Uh, tell the difference between radio and CDs so yeah. um, I felt like you put a CD in and somewhere it, it, Springsteen gets the red light and he plays the song <laughs> um, but then I realised wouldn't that, that be magical <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be amazing um, but yeah I cottoned on pretty early on um, and what else do we I mean mum mum was uh, Elvis Costello Luther, Luther Vandross Bruce Springsteen um, yeah Bowie um, Simply Red a healthy dose of simply red a lot of that and then dad was uh zeppelin um uh pink floyd um and then some really str- i mean we used to as a family go to this festival in, um festival in reading called womad world of music and dance yeah. and that it's was like huge for years wasn't it Womad festival yeah, it was yeah and uh same place that they were doing reading but uh yeah big into like world music so he would kind of every year we'd have uh, a family car CD that was got well, that he'd kind of of an act that he'd seen. So one was called One Giant Leap, um, Go Town Project. So a lot of like world music as well, um, a lot of Santana, all sorts eclectic. What an amazing mix of music to get brought up listening to. Yeah, I know. Weird now, and he also loved. 
Pink. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we listened to loads of Pink. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And and stiff little fingers. You know the Northern Irish punk oh, band. Incredible. Yeah. Er- erratic and crazy uh, mix of stuff. Yeah. No, I think parents actually now look back have always been open, and they've always searched for new music and new sounds. I think they've yeah. always loved that, and I think I get that from them. And so, just touching on school, like, how was that as an experience for you? Um, it's a weird one. Um, I have a, I have a, I have a, an American girlfriend and, um, I now, uh, kind of talking about our high, our kind of secondary school experiences. Um, they're so different. I don't know if there's that kind of loyalty or pride in, in terms of, or identity, um, that maybe American high schools have that in England. I, I quite liked school, I guess. I liked the structure. I liked the social side of it, I think my, I was never a badly behaved student. It was more just, I couldn't stop talking. That was literally the, the big, if I ever got sent out of class, it was because I'd turned around and I'd been asked to turn, you know, um, you know, concentrate on my work, but I'd be turned around talking to people. Um, I like that. I've actually got the same group of friends, um, uh, there's there's four friends one of one of whom is um Chris our guitarist there's four of us four guys that have been friends since you know when we were 11 years old and we're going to go on a stag do at the end of the month and it was like crap we've been together it's almost just like, for like 15 plus years now it's kind of crazy but um yeah um i kind of liked school it was okay but i i'm a little bit mistrusting of people who say that school was the best time of their lives. And I, especially with secondary school, because um, I feel like life kind of began when I left secondary school. Definitely. I yeah, agree. It's kind of put on hold a little bit. and uh, But yeah, I, I mean, was in loads of little bands and stuff in secondary school. And uh, yeah, can't fault it. So was it in your head already at that point that you wanted to, you wanted to do something within music? Yeah, I think um, I also don't really, um, I can't, relate to people who fell into music or didn't know they wanted to be a musician i've wanted to be a rock star since i was 11 maybe earlier that's that's the only thing i've ever wanted to do that or play for newcastle united and everyone says that what what is it with musicians that if they're not musicians they wanted to be footballers yeah (laughs) everyone says that it's so mad because we all want uh, we there's a, there's one similarity in that there's uh, tens of thousands of people screaming your name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was you um was you a confident kid then? Um, in the right, you know what? It's in in the right company. I was very confident. If I felt comf- if I felt in a comfortable situation with the people around me, then yeah, really, really confident, very chatty probably quite annoying at, at times very impulsive socially um yeah i think so i think i, I mean at the beginning of my school time when i was you know in the bottom of the pecking order it's year seven eight nine up to about being 15 or 16 i think my hair being being a ginger red-headed kid was an issue there was definitely it wasn't uh, i didn't have like a specific bully that i was kind of picked on it was just a kind of low hum of 
um, yeah, being picked on by everyone, really. Not not woe was me. It was just kind of, um, yeah, just stuff thrown at you all the time. <laughs> so I feel bad for, uh, I don't know what it's like in school now, but it's definitely a cruel place. English secondary schools can be extremely cruel. But um, I don't think I've been, it's not negatively affected my life that much it was quite a short space of time but then you become one of the big kids so it doesn't matter as much yeah but maybe a thick skin was developed with that i think yeah i i, I think in secondary schools generally i think you have to i think yeah. it's uh you know i totally agree with what you say about uh people that say secondary school was the greatest years of their life i mean Fucking hell, have a word with yourself. <laughs> what have you done since? But, well, yeah. like, what the hell was you doing? Chances are, if you was having a great time at school, it was probably at somebody else's detriment. Yeah, um, exactly. Right. Track four. Okay. First song you remember buying from a record store? Um, I think it's hard. It wasn't a specific. I know singles were a big time back in the day. Big, 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 big thing, sorry, back in the day. But. Um, I got an album. It was Linkin Park, Hybrid Theory. Uh, it was purely because my mum didn't like the cover of one of these. It was a Sum 41 record. And it was them like pulling faces on the front. And she was yeah. like, no, no, you can't have that. And I believe it was Woolworths. So I was like, Linkin Park, Hybrid Theory. And she was like, yep, sweet. Little did she know the music was way harder, <laughs> it's way <say>. darker. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember actually playing it a lot. Um, and my dad came in and he, and he, he sat down with me and he, and he was like, he was like, Oh, um, Matt, you've been listening to this a lot. Do you think, do you think they're angry about something? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. And we just kind of almost like talked about the lyrical subjects, I guess. Cause I think, I don't know. I actually can't remember much more about it except from just that initial, do you think they're angry? That's Him so just cool hearing, though, mate, isn't it? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I, but I kind of almost didn't cotton on to them being angry about for any specific reason. It was just as a yeah that age. I think young boys are just so um, attracted and and it's the to the energy of these records. So from Lincoln Park, it was Slipknot, it was Trivium, it was anything that was just unbridled energy that I could just stick on the CD player when I got home and just. Uh, go crazy basically <laughs> oh, such a it's such like a uh, it's such like a cliche kind of phase like yeah. teenage boy comes home from school plays people equal shit by Slipknot extremely fucking loud <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing I think when I was uh, about 13 the Beastie Boys dropped License to Will and it was exactly the same it was like yeah. this is hard and raucous and angry and yes that's what 13-year-old boys want. It's so true. Uh, Rage Against the Machine was a big one as well. <sighs> Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Like, uh, daily, all the time. Yeah. Just yeah. as loud as possible. <laughs> did you dab walk in and kind of question the lyrics of that? Because they're really angry. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are. I don't remember a specific memory about that. I do remember being in a friend's family car and we had Rage Against the Machine on and his dad like turned around like, Sam, what are we listening to? And we go, yes, <laughs> come on. It's so, cool. it's so strange. It's like, uh, like for you, uh, let, let's talk about Killing in the Name. Yep. And uh, uh, I've 
I've DJed in 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 my my venue for since nineteen ninety one, which I believe was the year that that record dropped, and the reaction when I first played that thirty years ago is the same reaction it gets from eighteen year old students mm. that come to my club that will be coming back to my club next Friday yeah. will have exactly the same response. That song has not dated in any way, shape or form, yeah. sonically, lyrically, in anything. It still sounds no. vital. It still sounds fresh. It still has everything it ever had about it. And I think it's just more people know it now, which is glorious. Yeah. And it's to amazing, then, isn't it? You know, um, um, it was one of the regulars at my club, um, John Mortar, that went, I'm going to do this thing with this record and mm. I'm going to see if I can get it to the Christmas number one and topple the X Factor. Wow. And And uh, I don't know if that was before that was your an time. amazing time. No, I remember it. And they, yeah. they played like, did they play on Five Finsbury Live? Park. And they played uh, on yes, the radio. They, yeah. They're like, they don't swear. And they, yeah. they fucking swore. <laughs> yeah. They went nuts. That's so cool. I heard a really weird story. I don't know how true this is. Okay. I hope it's true. Um, but I heard a story that involves Arcade Fire and um, Rage. Wow. And it was uh, one, st- one uh, festival in the States. And apparently there was some kind of thing mm-hmm. that when Rage walked to the stage past the dressing rooms, they didn't want anyone bothering them. They didn't want anyone trying to talk to them or anything okay. like that. And rumour has it, as they made the walk, Arcade Fire undone their door and started shouting, fuck you, we won't do what you told us, and started waving and saying hello and stuff, which I thought was cool as fuck. I hope that's true. <laughs> I hope that's true. That's amazing. <laughs> um, well, as a, you know, as a recording artist, yes. um, how important have record stores been for you? I think... Um, they've kind of uh, kept us. I think they've kept not only us but a lot of a lot of bands alive. Really, these things never never truly die out. Um, and they've uh, are, they're a real staple. I mean, we've done two records and two kind of album campaigns, and you know that's what the order of the day is for that first album release week. It's like you play like three different records shops a day and yeah. um and there's just these amazing communities around around them and I actually remember when we first started the band I worked at Oxfam Music in Reading just as like just weekends kind of volunteering and the community they're like uh the, they're like real hubs for um you know music fans and people who want to find um you know, uh, bootlegs by the fall, and and get really into that kind of stuff. And who it's people who really who love music that they want to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And 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 I and I love that. And um, I think for that reason they won't die. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And I just want to pick up on um, asking you about how confident you were growing up, right? Um, and and with that, I'm going to ask that mm-hmm. you've chosen a very competitive industry to forge a, a successful career in. Um, are you driven? Yeah, 
um, <clears throat> massively, and more so now than ever because I think um, actually twenty turning twenty seven was a lot more was a much more reflective time than I thought it would be. It was back in November, and um, it was just it was just at a time where. Um, you kind of take stock. I think the pandemic's definitely helped us all take stock of what we've done in our lives up to this point. And, um, you know, a lot of conversations with friends, family, and uh, and the boys, at the band especially, it's kind of like, okay, we've done X, Y, and Z, but what do we really want to do moving forward? Who do we want to be? What does that album sound like? What does, what does that band look like? And, um, you know, it's kind of... And, and and it's been nice that it's been so creative, Lev, and um, those kind of decisions. And, yeah, I'm definitely driven uh, because you want to do something great because we're in a, an we've got an opportunity to make something that's um, worthwhile and can connect with people. You know, we've got an amazing fan base. And um, really, over the last 18 months, it's kind of been really put into focus how important they are to us and how um, they've become part of what we do and who we are, uh, that kind of community that is built around the music that we've made. And it's almost just taking stock of like, okay, that's amazing. Can we take it even further? And uh, so, yeah, I guess more driven than ever, actually. But always been driven, but... I don't know. Now it now it feels. Now we know who we are a little bit more. Yeah. And we've got a bit of experience. We can kind of focus and channel that drive. You know, like what's not worth wasting your energy on a bit more now, and you Definitely. know what you need to put everything into. And I Absolutely. think, I think it's a lot of like <clears throat> taking out the worry about stuff that's out of your control and essentially kind of trivial, and just putting everything every atom of your being into the things that actually matter, which is your output. And I do think, just one final word on being driven, I think creativity and stuff, really, I know that um, artists have a like kind of renaissance. There's definitely historical precedent for um, whoever kind of putting out great albums near the end of their career. But I'm 27 now. The boys, we've been in bands since for the last 10 years. Like, we've only really got a small window in which to put our stamp on the world and to do the music that can be our legacy. So if that's not a motivation to make amazing music, then what is? Absolutely. And I think that, <clears throat> to touch on what you said there about taking stock of what's important and, and some of the things that you needn't waste your time with anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, I, th I think that's... It, you know, hopefully something that's happened universally. I think, you know, I hope that, you know, in whatever, you know, you do, uh, you know, day to day, that that has impacted on you and you've, you know, you'll come out of this situation with a more concise focus. And I'm really interested to see the fruits of that mindset over the next few years to see what, you know, how we, we all come out of this and, and to see, you know, fingers crossed we all come out, you know, more focused and better people. Be interesting. Be really interesting to see. Track five, going to move you forward a little bit. Okay. And, and talk about clubbing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I'm going to ask you for the song that soundtracked some of your clubbing. Uh, My Love by Route 94. 
I think, featuring Jess Glynn. She does the vocals on that track. That's right. Reading had a had, and probably still has a massive house music scene, big, and um, I kind of got swept up in that when I left secondary school. It was just before, a few years before the band really kind of became a thing. Did the classic leave school, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, kind of working out who I am and what I'm doing. And the thing to do in Reading at the time was house music um, and everything around that. There was a night called Cubed that ran monthly. It was run by this guy called Pete Wheeler. And it was a Chris, huge night. Yeah, right. And yeah, Pete Wheeler and Chris Wells, and they did an amazing job at just having this really like, I don't know, just it's, it was the place to be. It, it Reading it felt like it had a real scene and it was based around house music. There was a venue called Sub 89 that we'd go to and uh, and we would stay up all night and we would have breakfast in um, a place called Munchies, which is like a, a proper calf, like, um, and have like a fry up and watch people go to work at like eight in the morning because we'd been up all night. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, it was a really amazing time of my life that I can look back on. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Route 94, we saw him. Uh, Hannah Wants, amazing DJ, Scream, yeah. MK. Like, it was it was a great time. It was a great time. What did you want from a nightclub in? Um, well, there was that sense of community. It was just like the... It was like a really... It was just the place to be, and uh, and I wanted to fit in, and um, there's pros and cons to that because you almost develop a group of friends, wider friends. Obviously, there was a core of friends I would go with all the time, and that was great. But there was this wider friends that you think are your friends, but they're not really because you're basically only connected via one thing. Yeah, and that was that was kind of the cons of it. But then, um, but the pros of it was just, I mean. It's where, um, you know, it's where girls went. So we went, we kind of just followed that. And as oh, as 18 and 19-year-old boys, 20-year-old boys do. And, absolutely. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, it was really, it was just a really fun, fun time. Loved it. Well, that's good because we're staying, we're staying there for, for track six. And I'm going to ask you for a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Berkshire, the royal county, just to let everyone know who's listening. Out, yeah. It's the only royal county because okay. we have uh, winter. Where, where are you about? Uh, where, where are you based? Sorry. Essex. Essex, fantastic. Uh, also Definitely not royal. A mighty, a mighty home county. Again, I think it's more tapping into the thing you touched upon at the beginning um, where we're kind of... Uh, too far out of London to kind of not really can and uh, sure. yeah, a little bit kind of lost suburb. Yeah, it is that. It is that. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'd recognise a lot of Essex as similar to Berkshire, really. I think that, um, that encourages drive. That, yes. I think, drives lots of artists hugely. Yeah, you want to see the world. Mm. I knew I wanted to see the world. My uh, My current life goal is to feel like I've squeezed every every drop out of the flannel of life. That's how Absolutely. I feel. And that means Absolutely. getting out of Reading. And it would be so <laughs> weird. <laughs> It'd be so weird when we'd come back from Japan or Australia and I was still living in Reading and it would just be... And I would, I'd maybe stay with my parents for a couple of nights and I'd be back in the Calcot, um, which is the kind of neighbourhood they're from, um, 
at the Sainsbury's in Calcot and like a few days before I'd I'd been playing uh you know a festival um Fuji Rock in Japan it was such whiplash such yeah. whiplash um but yeah anyways a lot of music has come from Berkshire okay. um more than people think Mike Oldfield Tubular Bells he's a reading artist mm-hmm. but there's also been like a really um there's been a real um subtle slew of acts coming out Sandara Karma um, Matt Maltese is Reading based uh, there's mm. a band called Eureka Spacek um, uh, historically a, a shoegaze band called Chapter House um, oh I mean if you want to talk Chapter House let's do it because Pearl by Chapter House yes that's the, that's the record the most I mean that's that's an anthem in my club and uh, oh what a record that is Absolutely. shout out to Does It Offend You yeah they're a great yes, Reading band big time they were uh, didn't they when they didn't have they some music on the in betweeners or something like that? They Was did. That Morning Runner as well. We had a ah, there's loads of bands. Morning Runner. God, I've not heard that name for a few years. Yeah, this is this is serious, man. This is Reading <laughs> Berkshire. Wow. But I'm gonna pick a song called Chemicals. It's a new one by um, an artist called SG Lewis. Um, Sam is an amazingly talented guy. He's kind of like um, a producer, songwriter, DJ. Um, he kind of started out at a similar time as us. We had a, we had the same tour manager for a little while, so we were kind of kept tabs on what he was doing. Very, very different kind of music to the, what the Amazons make, but um, a really lovely dude, and it's been so good to see him grow as an artist and achieve incredible things. Um, he collaborates with Nile Rogers on his new record. Um, he's done, uh, I think he had a couple of songwriting credits on the new Dua Lipa record. Um, wow. Yeah, he's he's one to watch for the future. He's got something a huge future ahead of him. But um, yeah, an amazing artist and one that we in the Amazons um, we admire him big time. Okay, last track, and this is where you get to hype something new, turn someone on to something that they've not listened to. And mm. for track seven, I'm going to ask you, please, for a song that many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Um, this song's kind of been one of the big. The, the one of the songs that's really soundtracked the last 18 months for me um it's called find someone like you and the artist is snow allegra it's um spell s n o h a a l e g r a kind of a very interesting name um and a really amazing artist um it's really soulful um and very 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 beautiful and uh my girlfriend sent it to me um she kind of came across it and um it just kind of um you know when people send you a song and they're actually sending you a message yeah you know and uh it's been difficult um kind of navigating this relationship that i've been in it's extremely long distance um we've been together a few years but the last 18 months as you can imagine have been extremely difficult so um it was just nice to have a song that kind of we can share and and have like a mutual love for and it feels like yeah um and it's definitely for anyone who's you know missed someone over the last 18 months i think that's something that's uh kind of um has been one of the stories of this last 18 months the how do you navigate 
loving someone when they're not physically there, whether they've passed on or whether they're maybe an hour away, but you can't see them because of lockdown. Um, and I think that story personally with me and my girlfriend is probably what has shaped the Amazon's record. Um, I feel like there's a story to be told there. And I think that's kind of one of the things that binds this new record together. And um, maybe people can, maybe it will resonate with people. But yeah, this is this is a beautiful song and I hope people enjoy it. Well, we put together a, a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast with all of the songs that we've we've spoken about today Great. so people can go and uh listen to everything um in regards to the fact that we're about to find ourselves in a country where there's no restrictions mm. and and all of the things that that you love doing you'll be able to do again mm. um what are you looking forward to personally from the rest of this year and what's going to be happening professionally um okay so i'm looking forward to playing the festivals that have hung on we're playing 110 above festival in august and we're playing another one called soul fest um which is up in cumbria so i think it's quite a um optimistic name and uh as in soul as in sol son and um uh, but i don't care rain or shine will still be on cloud nine i think um yeah going to gigs playing gigs just energy and community um i was fortunate enough to go to the semi-final at wembley when england played and uh it was the first time i'd seen that many people in one place and singing the same stuff and it was just um was the natural high was incredible um i couldn't get to sleep for uh hours when i got home eventually got home um and we're we're gonna record a record. We're gonna we've we've nearly finished writing it, and uh, we're gonna record that uh, by the end of the year. And we're excited about that. Um, we're going on tour um, with Royal Blood across Europe and the UK in March. Um, yeah, all systems go. Just I'm excited to emerge in this new kind of life. Absolutely, Timmy. And if. If people want to kind of keep up to speed uh, with everything that you've got coming up, where's the best place to, to, to follow what you're up to? Well, it's um, our socials, really. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we've got a Twitch channel called Zons TV, where our guitarist and bassist um, hang out and play games and things like that. So um, that that's really what the pandemic has um, re- made us resort to. And um, we've just started our own radio show on Spotify, okay. exclusive to Spotify. It's called Zons FM. And we basically do what we're doing right now. Wonderful. We, we nicked this and we've made it our own. So thank you very much for that. Wankers. <laughs> so, okay, so what can people expect then from that? Let's talk more about that. Yeah, Zons FM, it's basically... Um, it's us for we wanted to, we want to kind of open the doors a little bit and and um bring people into our world and that and that means um you know it's us for hanging out um we share stories we um play a lot of music each episode has like a kind of loose theme so we've put out two episodes so far one's called diamonds in the rough where we basically talk through the music that we've kind of unearthed over the last 18 months um through you know a lot of 
a lot of digging in the empty hours. Uh, and then there's another one that we released called It's Not Me, It's You, which is like our exploration of music's greatest breakup anthems. Um, and then we've got, we've got uh, special guests coming in as well, but they're kind of guests. I say guests, special guests, but really we're just getting our pals on. Um, yeah. And people we've met along the way, whether they're fellow artists that we've toured with or, you know, um, you know, people that we've worked with. I won't give away too much, but um, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, that on the go. It's been so much fun. And, um, it's just great to give people something whilst we're working on music. Absolutely. Well, I'll, um, I'll put the, the link to that within the bio of oh, this amazing. episode as well. So people can go and uh, Thank you. check that out as well. Um, Matt, it's been an absolute delight talking records with you, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks, dude. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, man. Appreciate it. There you go. Lovely chat with Matt. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, it was. I mean, I was sitting there chugging coffee. Uh, you know, I think I think Matt was kind of you know worried about uh, coming across like he was a bit tired at the beginning. I thought he was really concise and had beautiful explanations. Um, uh, for his his song tracks and I will never look at Barbara O'Reilly the same again um, really really interesting take on that from him which I thought was beautiful um, and hopefully by now he's gone and watched the UFC intro that I told him to watch and do it because it's glorious it'll fire you up um, yeah okay as mentioned at the beginning um, why not check out the back catalogue now and go and get stuck into 300 or so episodes with all your favourite um Indie or rock musicians, uh, actors, uh, producers, DJs, just go, go have a rummage because there's a lot and there's some amazing chats to be listened to. I'm back next time. In the meantime, just be um, excellent to each other and, uh, and stay safe. Much love. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. You've made Stu with him. Eat it,